Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you the most current energy matters in an informal setting. I'm Richard Sverison and I'm joined today by Marcus Ferdinand, Head of Power and Carbon Analytics at ICIS. Welcome Marcus. Hi Richard. And Bernadette Papp, um, Senior uh, Market Analyst at Vertis. Welcome Bernadette. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Richard. Mm-hmm. Welcome. And uh, also by my colleague, Nora Kamprad-Bulli, who's editor Germany at Montel. Welcome to you too, Nora. Hello. So today we're going to talk about the carbon market and the German coal exit. But I thought before we go into that, there's a lot happening on the island where I was brought up. Brexit, it's having quite an influence on carbon market, Bernadette. Could you, could you explain why and, and what the outlook here is in the different scenarios? Yes, of course, indeed. We market participants uh, actively following the carbon market have to keep an eye on any kind of news uh, coming from from Britain and the UK, uh, simply because the share of uh, British installations within the European emissions trading system is uh, significant and uh, their expected acts are really difficult to to forecast, Mm. simply because of the uncertainty of the outcomes of the negotiations, Mm -hmm. first of all between the UK and the EU and the UK domestically, of Mm. course, as we have seen that. And actually, we have seen in the last couple of weeks, even months, that depending on the kind of news we receive from the UK, the carbon market can react very heavily in both sides either upwards if um, the market participants receive some kind of signals for hope for an organized and uh, uh, exit with an agreement and uh, vice versa falling sharply in the case of increasing chances of a hard Brexit. Okay, is this something you would agree with Marcus? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) first of all I think I can't uh, I can't hear the word Brexit anymore because it's it's all over the place and every day you wake up something has changed and uh, didn't bring any further clarity. So, um, I mean, now we're looking in a scenario where the UK might or might not exit on 31st of October. Um, Obviously, um, I would say with the latest developments, um, the likelihood for an unordered Brexit, unorderly Brexit hasn't necessarily decreased um, mm. because we still look at the at the potential for for them yes. to drop out in my view carbon is really trading on sentiment rather than on fundamentals in this regard um, mm. at the moment so and I would also expect in case of a hard brexit the major price component will be sentiment I mean on the fundamental side yes there will be allowances coming back to the market. I mean, there are, yeah, there are a few, uh, a few dozen allowances kind of sitting on on utility hedges and as well on industry accounts. They need to come back to the market at some point, mm. but that will not happen overnight. So market participants were able to prepare for that since month. Mm. Um, I think the interesting question really is: Will we see any free allocation or auctions coming to market at some point? Um, for that, I would expect that we would need to have more clarity that. Brexit will not happen before mid of March next year. Mm-hmm. So another deadline extension in case there is no deal, because other, otherwise it will be it will be too tight. The timeline will be too tight in a way to um, to order to organize compliance and to hand out the allowances to to UK market participants. So these are I would say the the factors to watch. Will there be any commitment by the UK government to do compliance for 2019? 
yes or no. There's a fundamental impact, obviously. And the other is, well, watch the chaos uh, <laughs> unfolding and um, mm-hmm. yeah, take your own view on it, I would mm-hmm. say. Because, Bernard, you, you, you said that there could be potential for 100 million allowances. More being, than. More than, so being dumped on the market. What, what would that do to, to, to the prices? I think it would be a shock. Mm. Uh, for the market participants because those allowances should have been distributed equally during the year of 2019. And uh, of course, installations have the right uh, to get those allowances before the compliance deadline, which means next April. Mm. So worst case, those allowances hit the market if we do not have a Brexit by the end of October in two months, which Mm. means November, December to distribute all the 19 allowances in 19 or I would say best case the allowances come to the market in a little bit longer time until the end of uh, next April which would be then rather a less impact for for the market participants but still a negative impact because the time is significantly shorter for those allowances to hit the market. And the, the additional maybe issue clouding the market is the fear of a recession or an economic slowdown. Could that have a similar impact, do you think, um, Bernadette? We see that already in the mm. real economy and we have the feedback from uh, from our clients already from industrial sectors, mainly supplying the car manufacturers, mm. that they see their production levels dropping and uh, their emission levels are decreasing in tandem. Mm. So this is this is a fact of course, and they prepare for that. However, we have to mention the two counterbalancing measures. One coming from upside, let's say Mm. from the central banks that realize the problems, that they are following very closely the macroeconomic figures and try to act. First of all, with uh, reducing interest rates, uh, offering, let's say, cheap money to the economy to boost uh, economic growth. And the second, what we should not forget, that the carbon market and uh, the design of it, how it works, has changed completely compared to the last economic crisis we experienced. We have a market stability reserve, and if you remember the communication of the European Commission, it was exactly designed to tackle unexpected economic events. This is what the European Commission communicated. Uh, So I think that the market stability reserve should be able to absorb at least part of the surplus allowances uh, industrial companies do not need in the case of a new economic crisis. Do you share um, share that view? What I think we see at the moment is that despite all these bearish clouds in a way hanging over the markets, I mean, carbon is trading up extremely well and mm. it's kind of shrugging off quite a bit of, let's say, that negative momentum building. So I would, I would agree with Bernadette that, yes, once the real economy sees it, once we see production levels um, falling, once we see basically a reduction in emissions, we will also see lower demand for allowances. But... Um, the impact of it on the carbon market, I would say, is much more buffered now by the MSR and by the trust in the system that the system actually is able to buffer for these negative macroeconomic effects. So I would say that the price impact that I would expect from an, let's say, ongoing, ongoing macroeconomic kind of bearish picture is, is much uh, less severe than uh, what we have seen a few years ago. However, uh, obviously, if we go into recession, we see quite a long-term effect again on industries. 
Um, so it's not that we only talk about the next half year or so, right? And I think that's something that we need to watch a bit more carefully. It really depends on how industry sectors will be able to survive that. Um, also, in uh, in a world where trade war is uh, is becoming quite a uh, quite an important uh, kind of uh, factor to watch. Um, so, how do you actually position yourself in in such a world? Um, and with that, I guess the strategies also by industry by industrial participants has changed completely compared to the last crisis. So there is a, I would say, a more holistic picture that needs to be taken into account than just looking into the impact on carbon markets. Right, carbon, yes, is an important component, but in the end plays a marginal role, I would say, when it comes to like a more um, globally oriented uh, kind of trade kind of war discussion. Absolutely, and there is a move to increase protectionism and nationalistic tendencies there. Uh, Yes, uh, one additional perspective, if I may, uh, from uh, the industrial utilities side. As we experience after our talks with our clients, they are also worried about the changes in rules of reallocation for phase four. Mm. So while their need for allowances might decrease because of the slowing economy, at the same time, they also expect to receive less free allocation. And the question is where the balance is in the future. But uh, I have to say that industrial installations have not stopped buying just because they see their production levels uh, decreasing because most of them keep an eye already on the future and they prepare for uh, compliance in phase four. Mm. Mm. And an additional factor here, or a very important factor to watch out for in in the coming months and years, Nora, is the German coal exit. Um, last week, not we, just the German one, I think, uh, not, but uh, the general yeah. European one, <laughs> yes. certainly. But but um, you know, I think we could focus a little bit specifically on Germany um, at the moment uh, because. We had some more details come out last week, uh, in particular regarding the carbon markets. Wouldn't you say there was the the move towards developing... Yeah, it's not so much linked directly to the coal exit, but the climate package that uh, Germany presented, uh, they have now opted for a sort of model where they would implement a national ETS for sectors not covered by the EU ETS, which I guess doesn't really affect the deal with EU ETS, but at the same time they also... Uh, released a statement that they would support some sort of uh, minimum price or, or carbon floor for, for the EU ETS to to prop up uh, prices, I guess, in the events of a downturn or just to make sure that you know, we, we continue to see decarbonisation. So I was wondering actually about that effect that Germany is now supportive and, and what kind of shape could such a yeah, floor price take um, in combination with other countries, or, or has Germany's position changed on this, and what does it mean for the market? It is very interesting because I think that expectations uh, before the announcement of, of uh, uh, Germany's climate plan for 2030 were quite high, mm-hmm. so before last Friday, and then the reaction in the carbon market was missing. Mm-hmm. I think market participants expected either something more bold Mm -hmm. to be announced because we really haven't seen any price effect in in the carbon market or we are missing some details. 
You know, in, in I think that from the perspective of uh, the EU ETS, uh, what is more important, maybe more important than a price floor, mm-hmm. is the, the closure of the coal-fired power mm-hmm. plants. Yeah. And we, we still miss many important details about that plan. Yes, I think they're planning maybe more information, but you have followed this. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't think closely. the market has any more information than what was in these 22 pages that the government released, right? I mean, uh-huh. it's um, in a way, I think the climate package as it was uh, as it was uh, adopted in terms of uh, government conclusions doesn't entail any change to the EUTS besides um, the announcement to maybe do something in the future. Uh, which requires the help of a lot of other member states, yeah. basically, to become true, right? So, in the end, there is there is a political vision um, to first create the non-ETS um, trading scheme, then link it at some point to the EUTS, um, and before that, introduce a, um, a minimum price um, in the ETS. Um, so, yes, you can you can create a domestic ETS for non traded sectors, that's not a problem, um, well, <laughs> sparing out all the legal details yeah. which are still like uh, mm-hmm. unclear, right, uh, especially with the fixed price element in there. Um, the linkage to the UTS is a completely different game and you need um, support in Parliament uh, and from Member States and Council to do so. The minimum price is exactly the same thing um, and there will be fierce opposition by a lot of Member States to actually introduce that. Um, so overall, um, I think for the moment, this is a bit shifting responsibility away again from Germany um, to like the European level without being able to guarantee any any action. But isn't it quite an interesting step for Germany to put that forward? Because it's always been very vocally opposed to it. It's always been focused more on balancing supply and demand yeah. rather than focusing on price. Yeah, I, I totally agree to that. I mean, first of all, I was surprised to actually uh, see the uh, the president-elect of the new incoming commission, uh, von der Leyen, to announce that kind of plan, which in a way seemed to be a bit rushed. Um, mm. So that's kind of that's the increase of the 2030 targets, uh, but also um, the ideas around uh, introducing potentially um, a minimum price or including transport and, and residential in the UTS. Mm. Um, knowing that she comes from Germany, I'm quite sure that uh, yeah, there are some behind the door talks uh, that have kind of led to that statement. So this is now followed by the German government, mm. um, which indeed is a change in the policy approach. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how Germany actually plays it. Um, how also Germany plays it in light of the announced coal phase out that also still needs to be put into legislation, hasn't mm. been done yet, and the discussion there around um, the cancellation of EUAs mm. in relation to the coal phase out and the upcoming MSR review where Germany also will need to uh, take a position whether or not to support a strengthening of that mechanism. So all of that I think plays well together with the announcement of the potential introduction of a minimum price in the UTS. Mm. So I think all of that has to be seen together, which could hint towards the interpretation that Germany is not that much interested in cancelling UAs, but Mm. rather kind of moving into uh, one of the two other directions. If you could just explain the cancelling of EUAs, because as as you close coal-fired generation or coal-fired plants, the EUAs that they would previously need could be cancelled. I mean, there's a provision in the in the directive, isn't there, that that member states may. So it's all voluntary. And from what you're saying there, Marcus, it seems to indicate that Germany's not going to go that direction. That's an interpretation. Yeah. First of all, this is one of the possible interpretations. So I'm not mm. I'm not saying that this is going to happen. 
with regards to the possibility of cancelling EOAs, so as you said, this is part of the ETS directive as of 2021, when a member state closes kind of fossil generation assets, the member state is, um, is able to cancel the equivalent amount of allowances basically to, um, to balance for the reduced emissions. I would say there still is not understand clarity on how this mechanism will work and um, how much EOAs can be cancelled to at the maximum, uh, whether that's gross or net emissions that will be mm. cancelled. So do you account actually for um, kind of replacing energy in terms of like fire, firing up gas turbines to replace the um, lower generation in, in coal lignite assets, right, which obviously would then increase a little bit the emissions again. Um, so all of, of that is, is unclear. Um, and I think this is something where I have seen the recommendations of the, the expert commission in Germany, which basically recommends to cancel the maximum amount of allowances in order to basically neutralize the effect of the German coal phase out. But so far, we haven't heard anything besides of the environment ministry uh, anyone besides the environment ministry is like saying that they want to make use of that mechanism, which obviously makes you wonder in this context of the wider energy and climate package, there would have been a good opportunity to clarify on that and um, policymakers basically didn't do that, which to me shows that there is still quite a high controversy behind the doors uh, with regards to that matter. Mm. And I mean, looking into the impact on prices and, and on the market, it's hugely important basically to have clarity on this. Mm. Um, because it will have quite an impact on the demand supply balance, really depending on which pathway is taken, whether that's the strengthening of the MSR, if this is an option for the German government, yes, it might increase the chances for a more aggressive system, mm. uh, more aggressive mechanism for the second half of phase four, whether that's cancellation, which is really like a domestic measure that a member state can take, so Germany would be able to um, respond to its own policy and neutralize the effect, or whether that's the really big push for the introduction of a minimum price, which I see very skeptical in the current yeah. political environment. Mm. What could you expect, let's say Germany were to announce that uh, they are not cancelling uh, those allowances? Uh, are we talking about all of a sudden a massive drop in, the, in, in carbon prices? or? I mean, first of all, they have to uh, to announce how they're going to cancel yeah. the uh, the power plant. So I think this is the first. So the order uh, of power plants come is yeah. more important, I guess. Well, that's mm -hmm. the first step, right? Mm -hmm. By then, you know, in a way, the bearish impact on the market. Yeah. Um, and then the next step would be to announce how and if they're actually taking countermeasures in terms of strengthening the ETS. Mm -hmm. In case it remains as vague as yes, we want to have a minimum price at some point and maybe do this or that, um, I would certainly see that as bearish. Yeah. Um, if there is um, an announcement to cancel the equivalent amount of allowances, um, I would say that it could be mildly bullish. I think at the moment the market takes it as neutral, wait and see, um, having a notion that Germany is going to do something but not exactly knowing what. Is there an appetite for cancelling the UAs elsewhere? I mean, I, I, have any member states come out? And I, 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 there were some positive noises, perhaps from Sweden. Uh, yes, Nordic countries were, let's say, leading with example mm -hmm. <laughs> by announcing willingness mm -hmm. uh, to cancel allowances that are not necessary by by the closed uh, fossil fuel power plants. But of course, uh, we have to differentiate between the extent. So mm. in the case of Germany, mm. uh, the number of allowances to be cancelled then is significantly higher. Mm. And one important aspect is that 
Germany really tries to introduce ambitious policies in order to achieve its 2030 targets. But uh, to be honest, these have to be financially supported somehow. And auctioning allowances uh, can be a nice source of financial resources. Mm. Um, so in my reading, what Germany is doing right now is just listing options mm. uh, it will choose from in the future. Mm. So that what I mean remains is huge amounts of uncertainty and, and, and we need to have to see the details before we can take a, a positive view. Details will be essential. Yeah. For in for stormy autumn. Yes, we've got Brexit it and we've got the announcement from Germany, which is expected yeah. mm. by not, the end of the year. Let's not forget that it seems to be super hard at the moment in Germany to actually come forward with any like very directional um, statements in terms of any policy, given the ground coalition that we have. Mm. Um, so that is something I think which also hinders a little bit like the possibility to take um, a very direct statement or, or any any like concrete uh, direction and there I think it's really interesting to see how well the next federal elections I mean there's still a bit of, uh, away from but it's uh, something where we see that with the current kind of call for more climate action and, and more sustainability the greens have have strengthened extremely I mean on the one hand and the right wing on the other hand like taking fishing up all the the, the protest uh, um, borders. So I think like with the next election we might actually have a completely different picture in Germany mm. with regards to how the government looks like or at least having another party in the government that might push the government into a much more um, directional way um, mm. compared to what the Grand Coalition is currently being able to do. So we might have to wait a few more years yet for, for further clarity on this issue. Yeah, that uh, makes the life as an analyst always enjoyable because you always have work for the next few years. <laughs> exactly, and for something to talk about on this podcast. But anyway, thank you. Thank you very much to my guests, Marcus, Bernadette and Nora. That's all for now. Listeners, you can uh, follow all the latest news on montelnews.com and you can follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.